Hello and welcome back to the show, the, the philosophy guy here. So today um, I'm going to do, I'm re-recording this basically. It's a video I did on YouTube that I kind of messed up the audio because I, uh, not that you guys <laughs> probably care, but I record the audio on a separate track anyway that got messed up. So the podcast listeners get a more free-flowing version of the YouTube video. And yeah, I've still been working on the YouTube videos as well. Um, I've decided that I'm going to have a mix of a lot like uh, kind of heavily edited videos that I enjoy doing and also my commentary videos that are a little bit less edited, but we'll have some, you know, cool graphics and wording and whatnot to make them more engaging. So if you want to stay up to date with the YouTube video, you can get a lot of the content that we're going to be covering on the podcast now also on the YouTube, but I'm still going to be providing on the podcast because currently still a lot of my listeners are on the podcast because I'm just started doing the YouTube. And then as always, you can check out the Patreon. You can hit that subscribe button on all the various platforms, hit up the discord. Um, yeah, the Patreon will have bonus episodes and you can vote on material because we just had a vote on gladiator gladiator, which will be coming up the philosophy of gladiator. But as always, thank you for support and thank you for listening and feel free to reach out to me for whatever you're looking for in the podcast, but let's get into it. So I recently stumbled on this video made by StoryBrain discussing the trolley problem. Unfortunately, the creator um, completely misunderstands the famous ethical dilemma, so I thought it would be beneficial to address it. I first kind of allowed the creator to explain their position with some quick cut-ins, and then I kind of go into this more in-depth take on why uh, they misunderstand kind of the purpose of the problem. So uh, let's, let's basically just get right into this. Hey everybody, I want to do a quick commentary on a classic scene from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies that happens a lot in stories, because I think it may let us get into some interesting things. This scene is from the climax of the movie, and the Green Goblin presents Spider-Man with a nasty situation. He dangles a tram full of kids off one side of the Brooklyn Bridge, and Spider-Man's girlfriend, Mary Jane, off the other side, and then lets both go. We are who we choose to be. Now choose! Now, the situation is that Spider-Man is supposed to be forced to choose between saving one person he personally cares about or saving an entire group of people he doesn't know. This echoes a famous philosophical question, which is called the trolley problem. And it's no accident, since they literally used a trolley car full of kids in the scene. In the trolley problem, the track by default will run over the large group. So by throwing the switch to save them, you deliberately redirect the car to running over the smaller number of people. This problem is really well known, but not because it's a good question. Okay, so regarding his point about if it's a good question, I do think it's a it's a good question um, and a fun question. Not saying it's necessarily something that, I don't know if this is the right way to word it, but like advanced philosophy really cares about as much anymore. But it's, I think it's absolutely a good question to kind of introduce people to philosophical questions and philosophical kind of moral dilemmas. And the way he kind of just casts it aside as like a silly question is kind of what really motivated me to do this kind of episode, especially one, because like I said, it's good to use on students of philosophy to kind of warm up their critical thinking. And I just think his statement is a lack of research on his part. But uh, let's let him continue here. In theory, supposedly you should throw the switch to only hurt one person instead of a bunch of people. But if you ask just about anyone, they won't answer. Do we know anything about the people? The only trolley I've ever been on is James Franco's. And usually we'll just get annoyed with you. A lot of people seem to use this as an example of how people can't make decisions. Okay, so 
if you ask anyone that has heard of the trolley problem in one of their philosophy classes that they took in college or even in high school nowadays, I will almost guarantee every one of them will answer and then proceed to kind of give their justifications for their answer. This idea that uh, people just won't answer the question is kind of silly. Um, I think the trolley problem gets people to stop and think, and they really do try to think about it and kind of put themselves in the shoes of the person that has to pull the lever and, and imagine, you know, what decision would you make and try to think about why you would make that decision. Because that is the point of the trolley problem in the end of the day. I don't think there's a right and wrong answer. I don't think that's the point of the trolley problem. The point of the trolley problem in my eyes is to get you to consider where your moral stances are and kind of what your intuitive responses are. But let's let him kind of keep going here. Or are overly emotional and so on. But emotion is actually part of how we reason. So that's not really the case. And, believe it or not, the average person presented with the trolley problem actually gives the correct answer. So this was a big red flag for me. When you say someone gives the correct answer, part of the, like I said kind of just before, part of the trolley problem's purpose is you figure out there's really not this kind of correct answer to this ethical issue that's like absolute 100% correct answer, right? You can have agreements and disagreements and kind of ways to think about the problem, but just this idea that there's like this objective right answer is I think kind of silly or these kind of various ethical issues that the trolley problem scenario presents. I don't think you can say there's just this obvious correct answer. I don't think it would be nearly as uh, debated and discussed even currently today if uh, that was the case, but let's, let's let them go ahead. This is because the human mind is wired to not accept situations like that. After all, if it did, we would have eaten each other the first time we ran out of food. And that would defeat the whole purpose of society, which is to make our lives better. As long as we can, we must protect the lives of the people in our group, just as much as we protect our own. Otherwise, we'd never be able to trust each other. There have been societies that were convinced, usually through superstition, that they had to sacrifice people in order to survive. But once we realize that they didn't have to do that, we view that practice as immoral and are usually sickened by it. And this instinct, this natural rejection of any choice that seems to cause others to be hurt, was actually crucial to our survival, since the refusal to hurt, eat, or turn against each other led to us finding all kinds of types and sources of food, including farming and other technology, which should show how important it is. And thus, evolution solved the trolley problem a long time ago. And the average person gives the correct answer. In- so he <laughs> keeps going with the, the correct answer thing. But um, I'll address some of this kind of later on. But a lot of this shows a problem where some people think they can try to kind of pinpoint down the trolley problem to mean one thing, one answer in a situation, and then say, well, thus it doesn't matter because we'll never face it in real life because the trolley problem isn't, isn't like real life. And I, I'm sorry to use that sarcastic voice, but it's really frustrating because the point of the dilemmas isn't to be representative of something you will, you know, likely face in real life. The point of them is, is to try to take those cases, take your answer in that case, and then imagine a real world example that could possibly somewhat represent a trolley, trolley problem like situation where you have to make a decision and it it is going to have moral implications And you can try to give yourself the tools with your mind and kind of think about these things to try to help give you the the tools to help think about what you should do in those trolley-like 
situation. It's not saying you're gonna you're gonna come and go across in life and and come across a trolley where you have to pull a lever and kill some people. Like obviously that's ridiculous. You're not gonna face that. But the point is, is the tools it helps get you introduced to to critically think about them. But let me uh, let me let him finish up, and then I'm gonna kind of go into my longer. Uh, <laughs> He just like monologuing, explaining why the trolley problem does have lots and lots of benefits. Real world, we don't know all the possibilities in a situation, pretty much ever, which is the fatal flaw in the trolley problem. Trying to force a limited set of options on an instinct that developed in an unlimited world. So when we're presented with a supposed choice that would seemingly cause one person to die, life will not be contained. We reject the situation and look for other answers. And likewise, Spider-Man, when forced to make that choice by the Green Goblin, does the right thing as well. He ignores the Green Goblin's proposal and tries to save both Mary Jane and the kids. This is important because Spider-Man is a hero, and he should do the things that feel right for our instincts. Just like the movie should ultimately satisfy our feelings as well. But So yeah, you should definitely still do what, you know, you're in somewhat of what your instincts tell you, but you should think about what those instincts say. Okay, so kind of basically, I allowed the creator to kind of make their main point. The rest of the video goes on about why the trolley problem is popular. I'm not going to address that today. I'm going to address his stance on the, the trolley problem and why he, he thinks it's dumb, because I think it's not. Um, so now allow me, allow me to defend the trolley problem. So one of the biggest problems I have with this video is it misses the point of the trolley problem. Secondly, the Spider-Man example is a fun Hollywood example, but it's not very good. But you know, like I like Hollywood examples, and I'll be showing. I showed a uh, ethical dilemma shown in The Dark Knight, which is more closely aligned with the prisoner's dilemma. I know that, but it's still kind of this ethical dilemma that I think can be related to the trolley problem. And also some footage of the good place is trolley problem. So if you guys want to check that out and kind of had that kind of cool visual, hey, <laughs> check out the YouTube. But uh, the trolley problem question isn't supposed to make anyone look bad or annoy them, even though it probably does annoy some, such as the, the video creator here. But it's supposed to force you to question your assumptions. It makes you question your ethical, moral stances. Essentially, it forces you into this critical thinking mode. And that's what makes it fun and interesting. You see, the trolley problem isn't supposed to be directly relatable to everyday life. I've kind of mentioned that. The thought experiment shows that your answer to the trolley problem doesn't easily translate over into your everyday life. And morality and ethics isn't so obvious to us. You know, it, ethics is hard. Like, that's... That's an okay thing to admit, right? So for example, when you add additions to the experiment that muddle the clarity, you begin wanting to change your answer and justify it in those various new scenarios of the trolley problem. So say the one you, you shift the car onto is now your best friend. You know, that one person, instead of saving the five, you know, the one you kill is your best friend. It forces you to stop and think. Your answer becomes less obvious, just like everyday life, you know. You have a more direct relation with your best friend. So for you, your self-interest says, oh, well, I don't want to sacrifice my best friend. I don't know these five other people. So all of a sudden, that utility of human life, you you start reevaluating that. Not saying, not saying you should, what your decision should be and what the right answer is. The point is that it gets you to stop and think and change your answer. So it's not so clear that, oh, just saving more lives and then um, sacrificing is more important. You know, that's the ethical code we should follow. It becomes less obvious. So... Or, you know, the other exec, the other popular example is pushing the fat man to stop the car. 
um, for, um, change as many people's answers because there's that more direct line of affecting it. So instead, you push the fat band over the bridge, it stops the train, and you save the five people. But now you're more directly involved. Instead of pulling a lever, you're physically pushing someone over a bridge. That changes people's answers. And we need to evaluate why that changes people's answers. Because I'm not here today to tell you what my personal stance is on the trolley problem. I like to think about the trolley problem I have in the past, but I'm not going to like preach to you some correct answer that I think it is. It's something for people to, to kind of take and kind of consider their answers and consider the consequences and ramifications of those answers. So then, so like take another popular example. And this one I kind of visually showed in the video as well of the doctor needing seven different organs to save seven different patients. And luckily there's a healthy janitor working the night shift. Should you kill the janitor? What makes this style of killing different than pulling the lever? What is that ethical difference there? Why do people change their position often if you are still increasing the utility of human life? The point is, you start seeing ethical questions don't always have these obvious, easy answers or even correct ones, right? It helps show you how your reasoning of X, Y, and Z in one case has ramifications in other cases or similar cases. It makes you doubt your moral stances. And that's a good thing, right? It gets you thinking. So the creator's original video basically rejects challenging questions because he doesn't like them. The problem is the answer to various trolley problems and scenarios can have real-world implications in that how we as a society answer these questions matters. So a real-world example facing us today, possibly making the trolley problem more important than it ever has been, and I say this in the video and I got some pushback. I get where the pushback is going. The reason I'm going to mention autonomous cars and the algorithms they run on, I get that's not how they currently run on. I like to th think about the future and evaluate in that way. And if someone wants to send me some literature on um, and some research on how these algorithms run better, I just try to think of a direct example that faces a similar trolley problem. And I get that autonomous vehicles are not people making the ethical decisions. But the way I look at algorithms, you know, if, if those algorithms have to evaluate, and like I said, someone can send me something and, and tell me where I'm wrong on this because I fully admit my, I'm somewhat naive on the details of algorithms and whatnot. But, you know, when some, if an algorithm has to decide if it's driving down the road between hitting, you know, two pedestrians on the side, will it be able to evaluate that in the future and see, oh, there's two pedestrians there? And, you know, try to evaluate or stop, but then it notices a child on the other side of the road that if it stops in this certain position, it's going to hit the child on the other side of the road. Will it be able to, will you be able to insert something in the algorithm that's going to evaluate them and like sense them in some way? I know that's some like kind of future uh, sci-fi type shit, but I do think it's something that we should at least consider and discuss because I do think it's plausible from what I've heard as well. But anyway, like I said, someone tell me about my ignorance on that. I am fully happy to research it and then kind of come back and admit where I was wrong on that. But anyway, that's just the kind of the first example I thought of. So someone has to write the ethical code for the car to follow. So my point is like there is real world implications of our stances on the trolley problem in that the way we think about the world matters because we take what we think about the trolley problem and present it in the real world, if that makes sense. So will the algorithm, you know, like value human children over a few adult humans? Will they save the driver or the pedestrian walking across the street? To me, algorithms will have some say in the way this goes, right? So you see, it, it does a good job of forcing you to distinguish the difference between actively causing harm in your decision versus passively allowing harm in your non-decision. Secondly, it shows that, sure, 
in the beginning example of the lever, killing one to save, you know, three to five, whatever number you want it to be. Assuming you don't know any of them, to see your intuitive decision when all things are equal, to me, that is a beneficial question to consider. So then when you add things, you start wavering on your answer. It exercises your thinking. To try and give a favorable interpretation of the creator, you know, they're trying to interpret a possible human coding that has us want to deny no one scenarios to our empathy. This isn't wrong. I'm inclined to agree with them. You know, we do have this inclination to deny no one scenarios. We want to try to find the best possible scenario. But that's not to say that that the, the trolley problem, that's not what's happening, right? Like what happens if you don't have a choice? Like if you don't pull the lever, you know, you, you only have one choice. You can't just add things to the situation. The point is there's no possible alternatives. What then? So my point to, to make is you can't just refuse to confront the question and say it's dumb. Some decisions in life don't have a win-win scenario or even a win scenario. None of us are Spider-Man. Failing to consider these types of ethical questions presented by the trolley problem will ensure that in life, when a no-win scenario faces you personally, you will be ill-equipped to go through the proper critical critical thinking and decision-making process to give you the best possible chance to make the best decision in a lose-lose situation. But all in all, trolley problems are one of the first things you learn in any intro to philosophy class in college or high school. And this original video sounds like the person who wanted to prove to the class how easy it is to answer the trolley problem. There was always that one student, right? But most soon realize it isn't so clear. You know, when you start getting presented with the, the fat man case, when you start getting presented with the doctor-patient case, ethical dilemmas are not easy and that's okay. And the trolley problem presents us with a wonderful exercise in thinking. But as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, please subscribe, rate, and review. Check out the YouTube page. Check out the Discord, all that good stuff. And also check out the Patreon to uh, kind of help support the show and keep this thing going and kind of keep, keep feeding my habits. But as always, thanks for listening. Peace.